Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Equity Breakdown, where you'll find short, no bullshit overviews of public companies. Now, today we're going to do something a little bit different. This year, SPACs have been the center of attention in the public markets. So far, there have been 151 U.S. IPOs consisting of 61 SPAC IPOs. A renewed evolution of companies skipping the traditional IPO process and partnering with high-profile investors or entities is transforming rapidly. Now, today, we will break down SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies with the goal aimed to capture the greatest wealth opportunities in the market. Now, a SPAC is a corporate shell company, also more commonly known as a blank check company, sponsored by an experienced investor or investing entity. The SPAC company goes public by issuing shares to raise money from investors with the plan to acquire or merge with a private company. The merger or acquisition allows a private company to go public without going through the traditional IPO process. Originally, SPACs have been around since the late 1980s, focusing on small cap companies that could not go public through the traditional process. Initially, this attracted penny stock promoters creating fraudulent activities. But since then, with regulation, SPACs have experienced an evolution and gained a lot of coverage with influential investors such as Chamath Palipatia regarding Virgin Galactic and Opendoor and Bill Aikman's recent $4 billion behemoth raise. Now, for investors, SPACs offer a low-risk entry to a large public offering, and the target company goes public relatively quickly, avoiding the IPO window and preserving the management team as well as its value. Now, in terms of the market landscape, the number of public companies in the U.S. has been on a steady decline. In 1996, sources have highlighted that there were around 7,300 domestic companies listed on the U.S. stock exchange. Today, that number is hovering around 4,000, representing a 45% drop. Now, as of 2020, year-to-date, we have had 151 companies enter the public market. The traditional IPO process can be an expensive, drawn-out process consumed with high fees before shares are sold. Now, with private capital readily available through a robust VC industry, companies are actually holding off longer to access the public market. As a result, it is important to note that companies have increased in size three years of acquisitions and business maturity, specifically the private companies in this case. So with companies that are larger in value and revenue, the high potential returns are usually reaped by private investors that are taking on the risk earlier in the stage. More recently, SPACs have reemerged in the spotlight as an opportunity to take private companies public at an earlier stage without the overdrawn process of an IPO, solving the issue of uh, current public investors not benefiting. So this trend reveals that public investors need to have the opportunity to participate earlier in the growth stage of the company to have access to higher potential returns. Of course, with high potential returns come high risks as well. Now this year, SPACs have stolen the spotlight. According to the PitchBook data, as of May, SPACs represented close to around 38 to 40% of the IPO following, uh, filings. In 2019, there were four, 59 SPAC IPOs amounting to $13.6 billion. And in 2027, the total of SPACs searching and that are announced uh, are about 127, amounting to $48.5 billion. Now, this is an increase of 256% year over year. Now, there are a couple of advantages here from both an investor and target company when it comes to the SPAC process. First one is the most obvious, quick to market. So SPACs typically take three to four months to clear registration with the SEC, which tends to be shorter than the average length of time it takes to do during the traditional IPO process that can range between six to nine months. So once a SPAC has cleared and is, and is public uh, with, with the approval of the SEC, 
then they have a duration of that 24 months period to actually go out and find a company and the company automatically becomes public once that acquisition goes through. Liquidity. Shareholders of acquisition targets can achieve instant liquidity by merging with the SPAC because they become shareholders of a public company. Number three, one targeted deal. So the SPAC is limited to one acquisition deal, but after they complete that acquisition, they can act, acquire, or operate as any other company to essentially expand uh, the company. And number four, SPAC sponsor. So the success of the SPAC also relies on the reputation and brand of the sponsored investor. So a strong, reputable sponsor will create a lot of confidence to investors willing to participate. Usually the investor is very experienced with a strong track record. The target company will benefit from a knowledgeable member of the SPAC team. Number five, time limitations. So there is a time limit that forces a SPAC team to find a target between 18 to 24 months. This gives investors assurance that a deal will be finalized in a specific time. But just like with anything, there are always disadvantages as well, too, when compared to uh, the traditional IPO process and also now an, an emerging trend of direct listings. So the first one is due diligence. So there's less scrutiny in the process involving a SPAC compared to a traditional IPO process. This usually depends on how effective a SPAC sponsor is in their respective fields. So you're heavily dependent on the SPAC sponsor and their team. Great example of this one is Nicola here, which is really becoming a surprise to a lot of people. Number two, dilution. SPACs provide investors warrants, which means if the stock increases in price, then the target company must provide more shares to the SPAC investor, resulting in a dilution for the target company's original shareholders. Number three, SEC regulation. Now, once a target company merges with the SPAC company, they are liable to satisfy SEC requirements immediately. The one-year grace period usually afforded to companies during a traditional IPR process does not apply to SPACs and the company that merges with the SPACs. Now, investment banking fees. So banks love SPACs. They're racking in fees north of 10% for their role in structuring the SPAC pre-IPO and during the merger and acquisition process. Now, while the overall cost of an IPO is still higher during a traditional process, fees are still high for underwriters in the process compared to a direct listing process. Number five, target company. Investors do not have an idea of what private company is being targeted in a SPAC IPO. As a result, the opportunity cost of investing in an asset that provides a vague direction of the potential private company to be acquired is present. Investors can certainly pull out before the merger if they don't like the target company, but would have missed additional opportunities during that timeframe that they were invested in the SPAC. Now the SPAC structure. So SPAC will undergo the typical IPO process to file with the SEC and then, be, and then begin raising funds. So we have a couple of elements here. So founders, the founders invest initial capital to form the SPAC. So the sponsor will put, purchase founder shares to ensure that they maintain 20% of the equity post IPO. A caveat to this is Bill Ackman made a change in his SPAC specifically removing founder shares and creating a, a, a similar private equity structure with carried interest and hitting a hurdle rate of return. So this is one conflict a point here in terms of whether the SPAC's interests are, in lines, are aligned with the shareholders' interests. And Bill Ackman uh, is creating that new trend right now to ensure that those interests are truly aligned and not getting free shares which essentially are founder shares in this case, to maintain that uh, additional uh, equity percentage in, in a post-IPO aspect for the company once it's acquired. Number two, IPO is made up of units which are common shares 
and warrants. So public investors purchase units, which are made up of one share, one a share of common stock and a fraction of a warrant to purchase common stock in the future. So the price is usually $10 per unit. So usually if you want to break that out, the common share price is around $9.75. Uh, and then the warrant is actually around uh, 60 cents. Now, on top of that, only whole warrants are exercisable at $11.50 per share. So they become exercisable 12 months after the SPAC IPO. Now, IPO proceeds and the initial capital contributed to the SPAC are placed in a trust account until the acquisition or merger occurs. And finally, the sponsor of the SPAC will also seek additional investment vehicle known as a pipe, private investment in public equity, to fund the acquisition of the merger of the company. So the SPAC may not have all the necessary funds to actually buy a company that's worth about a billion dollars. Therefore, the pipe comes into play. So these are additional investors that experience lower fees for the opportunity to participate in the process. And finally, SPACs are also subject to time restrictions for the target company and operations. So the company must buy a business in less than 24 months, and the market value of the business must be 80% or more of the SPAC's trust assets. And as you can see here, we have a, a trend here in terms of what's happening. So you have cash held in, in trust. So this is a blind pool of cash raised for the IPO. You identify the target company within that specified time period, and then the company has to be a fully operating company. And finally, the company becomes public once that merger, reverse merger uh, happens. And the company is now generating value for public investors. Now, a couple key notable SPAC transactions are as follows and the performance of the SPACs as well. So you have Pershing Square uh, Tontine Holdings. Now, this is a very popular one because it's headed by a very famous investor known as Bill Ackman. The pr current price is around $22, and they've raised a whopping amount of $4 billion. Then you have the Churchill Capital Corp. Um, price is around $10.29, and they've raised about $1.1 billion. And finally, you have Social Capital, head of Sophia Holdings Corporation. This is headed by Chamath Palipatia. Uh, their price is about $12.39. And they've currently raised $414 million. So it's actually, this is the amount of money in the trust itself as they've announced the acquisition with Open Door. Now, guys, uh, thank you. And you can access and download a detailed report here, which will include uh, some high-level information. Now, if you like the content, please make sure to share this newsletter, share this post, or subscribe. And this week, look forward to breaking down very specific SPACs and their potential acquisitions. On to the next.